everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of Petability. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simons. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Hello, Kathy. How are you today? Good morning, Chris. We are good here today. And who do we have as our guest but Mr. Alone Landa of Medco Vet here to talk to us about lasers. Hi, Alone. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. I want to make it clear to our audience that I've known you since I think it was October of 17, but it took me a while to realize all your your past careers. I, I think you must be 90 years old for all the things you've done to date. You built satellites, you worked on GPS, the Hubble Space Telescope. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you landed uh, with lasers at this time? Sure. So, well, first of all, it feels like I've known you for a lifetime. I can't believe it's only 2017 that you and I started talking. So, I'm not always sure that's a that, good thing. <laughs> no, I was going to say, and I mean that in a really good way. So it's just great to know you, even if Thank it's only been a few years. So my background is in a nutshell is I was an engineer. In, uh, I studied engineering in college, and I spent about 10 years working on really, really cool and complex satellite programs. Um, and then at a certain point, like the internet happened and around 98, all, you know, there was this big push to everybody was starting to use the internet and there was a million businesses and all that. And I, I started to realize that, you know, there's the internet is fun for a lot of things, but the internet can be used to start connecting people that need to be connected, not just in a socially way or sharing cat videos kind of way, but you can actually use this to make, uh, to like, improve things like you connect people with experts when it has to do with um, finding the right things, the right products for their house, or you can connect uh, patients with care providers. We started in the human space. Um, And in this case specifically, somebody came to me and said that they had a device that um, can treat in the home. And I thought this was a perfect opportunity to say, okay, great. So we can treat at home with this new kind of laser therapy device. At the time, I didn't know a ton about laser therapy, but when I read about it, I'm like, wow, this is a really cool modality. And the piece that's actually missing is supporting people at home while they're treating, because otherwise they don't know what they're doing. And so we launched MedcoVet because we thought that um, clinicians or veterinarians know how to use laser therapy in the clinic, but there's this real opportunity to kind of empower their pet owners at home. And since we decided to do that, there's been tremendous interest and people are really excited to do it. So we've been chatting a little bit about your background, but for those listeners out there that may not be familiar with laser, uh, other names for it, 
are therapeutic laser, cold laser, light therapy simply, or more recently, photobiomodulations become in vogue. And I think that uh, Kathy and I have both used this modality for quite some time and find it very, very effective in treating patients for a variety of reasons in our respective clinics and careers. But can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is laser or light therapy? Sure. So I'll start broadly and then I'll kind of focus in on what, what we do specifically or what uh, photobiomodulation is. So it's not that surprising that light can affect your body. Uh, you're, you get tan when you go in the sun. Uh, your eyes dilate depending on light. So your body responds to light. And what people have done over the last 50 or 60 years is figure out how different kinds of light affect your body differently. And I'll give a couple examples. And the last one will be what we do. So the first way you can use light is if you really, really have a high-powered one and you focus the light kind of like a magnifying glass on paper, you can cut things. And that's what a surgical laser is. Uh, another example, and this isn't what we do, is if you put certain medicines in your body, you can use light to trigger those medicines and they can fight cancer. And that's called photodynamic therapy. Now, what we do is what we realized is when bodies um, are inflamed, there's a, there's a process in the body that's kind of gone out of whack. And it turns out that by shining a certain kind of light for a certain kind of t for a certain amount of time, which is what we do, you can just basically restore that process, and that reduces inflammation and, and leads to healing. And I'll probably talk a little bit more about it later. But the general idea is, if you can restore that process, the effects last much longer than the session itself. Like if you cut, when you cut, you're using light in that moment. But when you're doing photobiomodulation, you're kind of triggering the body to restore itself to the natural healing. And that's what we do. Alone, this may sound, it may sound like a silly question, but um, it, our laser pointers, those are light therapy. Why aren't we just using, why don't we simply just use something that we have already, like our, like our laser pointer that we use for lectures? Why wouldn't I use that instead? So it, it's not a silly question at all. It's a great question. And it helps understand um, why our, this actually works. So for for light to have have an impact on your body, you need a certain amount of it, amount of it. Imagine if you took Advil, but you took like one millionth of the dose, you probably would still have a headache. And so the challenge with the laser pointer is that the amount of light that comes out of a of a laser pointer, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll give you a number just to give you an idea of the difference in 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 size and how how different the Advil tablet is with a laser pointer versus uh, a real therapeutic device. So a laser pointer is typically less than five uh, milliwatts. And what we offer is about 1,100 milliwatts. So it's about, it's about 200 times more than what you would get out of a, of a laser pointer. And the, a general rule of thumb is you need a certain amount of light for a certain amount of time to impact the body. And a laser pointer just doesn't have enough light. If you had a laser pointer that was bigger, sure, yeah. Uh, given the amount of light that uh, comes out of a laser pointer, it, it will not have an effect. Hmm, cool. Thanks. So do not steal your cat's laser pointer and point it on your knee, people. <laughs> it's <laughs> not You'll be going... there all day. It will not work. Yeah. Oh, your, your, cat unless... will pro your cat will probably yeah. scratch you, though. Yeah. yeah, unless you want your cat to attack your knee. <laughs> so... Um, would you like to expound a little bit more about, you know, you, you keep referencing uh, things like, you know, the amount and so forth. You want to go a little bit deeper into that in terms of the amount of light and, and exactly how it works in, in the body? So, uh, yeah, I want to talk about two things. One, I'll talk about the amount of light. And then I also want to talk about, let's assume that you get that amount of light. What actually happens inside the body? Because it could feel a little voodoo-y, like I bought this lasery thing off the internet and it does all this stuff, but I don't understand it. So let me, let me cover both things. So um, the idea is when you shine light on the body, a certain amount of light comes out the front of the, the device, but it's really hard to figure out how much makes it into the area that that's, that needs the light. So imagine it's a knee versus a shoulder or a back. Each one of these has a different amount of stuff between the, the light 
and the, what we call the target tissue, the place that needs the light. And on top of that, each uh, patient is a little bit different, which is like why I would need certain number of milligrams of something and Chris may need something else. So, so first of all, we started with the guidelines that are available for the World Association of Laser Therapy, WALT. And they say a good starting point for any animal, given they, they split it into dog versus cat, and they give an average weight. And that's a good starting point for about a minute to a minute and a half per spot to, um, and multiple spots per condition. And the, the simplest answer is, depending on their condition, the, uh, the WALT guidelines are a good start. But what we do specifically that's different is because you're treating at home and because you're connected to a clinician, we don't just sell our device off of, over the internet without uh, clinical supervision. The, the clinician can, can, can adapt the protocol based on how the patient is responding. So um, we always avoid using canned protocols and just plain old dosage because patients are different, the target is different, and it, that usually use, it leads to better outcomes and to the right dose a lot sooner. Now, the second question you ask is, how, how does this actually work? And it, it's always tough, tough to answer that question because half the time you're, you're talking down to people that understand a lot and half the time you're losing people. So I'll do the best I can, and if you want to clarify or change a little bit direction, tell me. So we'll be we'll be good guinea pigs for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and guide me <laughs> if you think if if I'm missing something. If, if we can understand it, I'm sure our audience can understand it, right, Kathy? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, I'll start this way. Um, in your body, there's a there's a process that converts food to energy, and you obviously you need that energy to do all the stuff to feed your muscles and do all that kind of stuff. Um, that process has five steps. And when you get sick, one of the main reasons that that process stops working is because something is blocked in the fourth step. Now, that has two effects on the body. One, because you're not converting food to energy as efficiently, you don't have energy to do, to do the things that you need to do. And the second thing is once the body realizes that, the body says, hey, inflammation, we need to fix whatever's broken because uh, whatever's going on, we need to make better so that we can go back to normal play, to, to a normal state. Now, what light does is it actually unblocks that fourth step. And as a result, two things happen. One, your body starts making more, uh, uh, more energy. It's converting the food to energy more efficiently again, and you have the fuel to fight things. And two, once the body sees that it's kind of returning to normal, it kind of stop sounding the inflammation alarm and inflammation drops. And that's why when people talk about this modality, the typical things that you see on the outside are uh, reduction of inflammation and healing, like either wound healing or healing of the body. Mm -hmm. Which is so important. And let's remind our, our audience, we'll have a little quiz here. We, we talk a lot about laser reduced inflammation. So what are the components of inflammation? There are five classic uh, components. For our pet owners, I think the one that they're most concerned about is pain. Nobody wants their pet to, to be in right. pain. So the laser can help to reduce pain. And the others are redness, heat, swelling, and loss of function. And sometimes those are a little bit more ambiguous because that may be going on inside the body and we can't see it. But, you know, for example, if a if a dog has a super arthritic knee because they've torn their cruciate and they've, they've gotten wear and tear over time from it slipping and sliding bone on bone, inside that knee is red. The tissues themselves are inflamed and red and there's, there's swelling within the joint capsule and the loss of function component in that case would be the pet limping. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's maybe what we see on the outside. But we also have to remember that our pets are very stoic. So, uh, you know, kind of trusting that this is happening and changing the body on a, a biological, a cellular level is, is just amazing to me. Yeah, and I think we can all agree um, here that, you know, I mean, inflammation has, it has its place. Um, it has an importance. But what we're trying to do is fight the enemy, which is uh, chronic long-term inflammation. Right. Exactly. That's the enemy, exactly. the long-term inflammation. Right, yeah, because... You 
inflammation is used for healing initially in those acute stages. So think about, I always use this, this, uh, you know, like we've all probably turned our ankle over at some point in time and sprained our ankle, right? That's the worst. It's the the worst. worst. It's the worst. And it hurts, right? It hurts. And it swells up and there may or may not be bruising that you see. And if you feel, you know, with the back of your hand, it's warm and by gum, you're limping. But imagine if that ankle caused you to have the same signs and symptoms indefinitely, right? That's the chronic inflammation. But typically it gets better within days or or certainly maybe a week or two because the body does those things to help it to heal. But if we continually hurt ourselves and roll that ankle over again and don't do anything to address it, i.e. ice, rest, elevation, laser, Mm -hmm. improper exercises, then that's when it becomes chronic inflammation. And I think, uh, you know, that's where Kathy and I help help our pet patients, patients by using using the laser and other modalities. So I'm uh, yep. I'm interested alone if you can share with us what what's the difference in the colors of the lasers because you see lasers out there that are red light lasers that are blue that are green. What's the difference in the color? Okay, so so the idea is um, different kinds of light have different amounts of energy in them naturally. So blue light has more energy than green light and green light has more red energy than red light. The challenge is because they have more energy in them, like more energy is good, meaning that if they were to hit the target tissue, um, that energy would be imparted on the tissue. The problem is, is because blue light and green light are kind of more energetic, they tend to bounce off things more. And as a result, they don't penetrate as deeply. So it's very, very, very hard to get blue light to the, to the inside of a knee or into a shoulder because it doesn't make it past the, the superficial tissue layers. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of times you'll use blue light for acne or um, uh, to remove all kinds of bacteria. And you'll use red light or infrared light, which is even um, which can penetrate even more deeply than red light to get to the deeper tissue. And that's why they have, uh, that's why typically um, laser therapy is red light and infrared light, because if you want to get to into a tissue, you want something that penetrates a bit more deeply. I know the laser I worked in, used in the clinic, excuse me, uh, you couldn't see it. It, mm-hmm. it was not in the visible spectrum. And so that's the infrared part, right, alone. Yep, yep. I mean, it, the way you could think about it is the same thing that's in your remote. Your remote has is is infrared to your TV, but the um, the the light that we use inside the clinic or even in our device is is many 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 more times more powerful. Just like you couldn't use a laser pointer to do healing, you couldn't take your infrared remote and put it on your knee and expect any kind of magic. But yeah, it, it, it turns out infrared penetrates more deeply than red light. Gotcha. I I graduated from PT school in gosh, 89. And not so much today, but back then they they were using light therapy, but it was both UV light and infrared light. Um, uh, Diathermy, I remember it was called. And Mm -hmm. And uh, and so it's been around a while and and so has has laser itself. so this is not a new thing, but it's certainly becoming more accessible, I think, for folks in the medical field, both veterinary and, and human side. So alone, what diagnoses, what medical problems respond best to light therapy? We talked about inflammation. So can you give some examples of inflammatory conditions or, or like I said, specific diagnoses that, that may respond best? Yeah. So the basic way to look at it is that any type of inflammation will typically respond to, to light. The challenge is, is some have been studied much more than others. So we have a much better chance of getting the right dose for you. So the, the ones we understand best our typical um, arthritic conditions, like if a dog has uh, osteoarthritis in his hip, knee, uh, th- those are the obvious ones because there's been so much uh, research and so much uh, even uh, clinical experience treating with those, uh, those conditions. The other one is, remember, I said when you have light, it'll actually uh, lend itself to healing. So 
things that we actually like treating are wounds that are struggling to close. Many times light will actually restore the body's energy to enable it to, to start healing more and to, uh, even, even a typical wound process can get stuck in the inflammatory stage where the wound is still big and puffy and red and not moving towards uh, closing. So uh, light, will, in many cases, will kind of kick uh, a, a wound that won't close into, uh, out of the inflammatory stage and into, a much, into the closing and healing stage. Alone, I have a, um, I have a story to share with you guys about a patient sure. that, that I saw many years ago, came into the clinic, and this dog had a... Um, and a decubital ulcer, an open wound on the elbow, and it was so deep that it actually exposed the, the bone. I could see um, the elbow. Um, and, yeah, it was terrible. And, and you know, the owners were, were very frustrated, and as was the dog as well. Um, and she told me that um, she would give me three days to heal mm-hmm. this wound, um, and then she was going to make a decision about whether she should, you know, euthanize the dog or not. And I said, I, I don't think I can heal it in three days, but I think that in three days with the laser, we're going to see enough healing that you're going to, that you're going to want to continue. Um, and that's exactly what happened within that three-day time frame, frame that there was enough new tissue that you could see on the outer, that nice pink, healthy closing, you know, the tissue that's coming in from the outside and closing in uh, for her to continue. Now, it did take me about three weeks to um, heal that wound completely, but this is a job that was looking at being uh, potentially euthanized because uh, they could not heal this wound. And if I had had the MedcoVet, the Luma, I could have had the owner. Imagine how much better I could have done if, sure. if the owner could have lasered in between sessions at home um, versus coming every day to to see me to have laser done as well. I would know, doing a combination of doing it at home and doing the laser. I may have even been able to do you know better. So in a sense, laser really, and this saved this dog's life. It, yeah. it really did. Absolutely. It's great to hear. I'm, I'm glad. I'm yeah. Glad. Yeah. He got many, many more years, many, many good years. I have a wound story too. Um, I was okay. thinking about this last night, um, you know, and, and anticipating this interview. And I remember I had a dog that was coming in for arthritis and swimming and, and she was a lab and she was doing great. And incidentally, the owner mentioned that she had this lick granuloma, it's called, which is a, a chronic wound on its forelimb from constantly licking. So the tissue thickens and it it waxes and wanes and it's just a, a real nuisance. And oftentimes, as in this dog's case, it had been there for years. Oh. And so this dog is constantly licking its forelimb. And so I just offered to use the laser in addition to its swim therapy at the time. I said, let's just see what happens. She came back the next time. She's like, she's not licking. I'm like, what? Mm. After one treatment, <laughs> one. I said, I mean, I thought well, this is not, not real. And she's like, I swear to you, I have not caught her licking that, that wound at all. We only shone light on it maybe three or four times the dog stopped licking which was causing the chronicity of the condition right that's what kept it you know mm-hmm. going and it healed up and never came back again after years yeah those lick granulomas are hard to get under control that's an amazing story chris i, I, I still can't explain it that yeah. that was just so bizarre cool and and alone talking about arthritis um mm-hmm. i believe that 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 is the number one I'm going to say physical condition that pet owners bring their their pets to the clinic for, particularly mm-hmm. dogs, is is arthritis and arthritic pain, and limping and lameness and so forth. So that is a huge, you know, cross section, if you will, of of the pets out there that are suffering from some sort of arthritis. And I think that if people knew that laser is a modality that could help fix or, or, or uh, treat, I should say, treat that arthritis and manage that arthritis, um, I think we'd be all over it. That's I tell really you, I would, even go, I, I would even go a step further, which is um, with dogs, arthritis, you can see it because they're limping. You know, they're not, they're not complaining a ton, but you can definitely see it in their, in their gait and day to day. I wish people would realize how much this could benefit cats because mm. with, oh, yeah. with, a, with a cat, what you'll what you'll see is is more the lack of them going straight from the table to the floor, and going from a table to a chair to a floor. So it's a lot harder to detect. Um, 
but because they're smaller, light can get to their, uh, to the target tissue so much more easily. And they, they typically would benefit so much from it. Um, they just don't tell you yeah. that they need it. Yeah. And you know, alone, I've actually used it on birds because I see a fair amount mm-hmm. of, because our practice sees a fair amount of birds and um, the effect for them is amazing. And oftentimes you'll be surprised what birds get osteoarthritis as well. Um, and the problem for that is they have two legs. So mm-hmm. if they have osteoarthritis in one, you know, one leg or one ankle or one foot, that gripping and holding on to perches, it becomes very difficult. Preening becomes difficult and their balance becomes uh, a problem and they, they, t- they can fall and hurt themselves from, from not having that balance. Mm-hmm. So I've actually used laser on birds. So for your bird people out there, birds can have it too. <laughs> I would conjecture, yeah, I'm sorry, Alone. I was just going to say, I would conjecture that any living being could have light therapy, right? Well, could have arthritis, certainly. Or could have arthritis, you know, yeah. And then benefit from, <laughs> from, from you know, so all those, all those pets out there that, that we have. Yeah. Chris, I have a patient who's a bird, um, who's an African gray, and her name is Mirabelle, one of my most favorite, favorite bird patients in the world. And she comes for regular treatment of osteoarthritis with a laser as well. And I see her every, you know, maybe once a week. And she's so excited to see me that she'll count to four and then say, woo. When I pick her up, she goes, one, two, three, four, woo. <laughs> and, then we la- and then we laser her. And she goes, woo. Aww. <laughs> so I think she, I think it feels good. So it's, it's exciting to see that, um, you know, across species, dogs, cats, birds, you know. Absolutely. So, so Alone, what do you say to, to people out there that, you know, they're like, well, can't I just give my dog a, a pill, a medication to address this? Like, why, why should I bother with laser therapy if I can give them a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, which seems to be the most popular and common treatment out there these days? So it's a good question. Um, what we've seen is that in some cases, first of all, there's cases where people, where, where pets can't tolerate, uh, NSAIDs for whatever reason, if they're having uh, all kinds of stomach issues and NSAIDs, in some cases, NSAIDs are not an option. And in some cases, or in most cases, over time, NSAIDs have, um, uh, side effects that make them difficult to tolerate for long-term use. And for us, uh, first of all, we want to do what's best for, 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 for your pet. And the best thing that we can do is find a combination of NSAIDs and light that mitigates some of those side effects. So in some cases, like we've seen the broad spectrum of, of outcomes. In some cases, people say, hey, um, they, the, the, you know, my, my pet was on NSAIDs and we got it down to half the dose with light therapy and that's fantastic because now mm-hmm. they can, they can tolerate this forever. And then many times I'll be like, well, what if you went to one third dose and up the light? And in many cases that works great. Um, the, the nice thing about light is that there's not, there's no side effects and uh, it just allows you to treat um, longer term without worrying about like, well, if this is going great, what if I have to take it away at some point? Mm. I think that the other thing that I like uh, about talking about the, the the combination of NSAIDs or the reduction of NSAIDs and the use of laser is that your company works with a clinician. So what we can mm-hmm. do is, you know, owners can can use this the light at home. They can report back to me about how their dog's doing, and I can consult with the veterinarian about whether or not we can drop the NSAIDs and see if we can continue to get the good results that we are with the laser. So I love that you work with us so that we can all work in a you know uh, collaborate together so that the owner has someone to reach out to me and. And I have someone to reach out to the veterinarian, and then we can make decisions on how to re- how to make those reductions in the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and how to adjust them with their light therapy treatment or the laser treatment. So that's something that's actually like really, really, really important to us. We we never want to be uh, somebody that you could just buy our device off of off of Amazon or something like that, because um, we want somebody involved who understands the patient, understands what's going on with the other modalities, you know, the, the, how this case has progressed over time. Um, you just don't get, uh, you can maybe get lucky and get a good outcome if you buy a device and just shine it. Um, but more often than not, you get a, you get a, like a clinical grade outcome, which means you do the right amount of stuff for the right amount of time and you get great results if somebody's involved. And that's the person who's balancing NSAIDs and all the other different modalities and, and is seeing the patient and actually like, touching the patients and seeing if, you know, how the patient is responding to things. We think 
we think that's critical to get good outcomes yeah. with light. I agree. Yep. Agree. There, there, just like anything else, though, alone, there must be some, there must be some contraindication to using laser. Because the first thing clients are going to ask me, the very first thing they're going to say for them using it at home is, is it safe? I don't want to hurt my pet. Can I over laser? So I'll try and answer both those questions. So when you think about contraindications, um, a lot of what light does is stimulate in the sense that it's unblocking things that are blocked and enable things to grow. The last thing you want to do that with is, is cancer. You don't want to give cancer a boost because it's already oh. kind of running like wildfire. Okay. So the most common, um, the most common contraindication is, is if there's something cancerous, um, there's a list of a few things like you, you typically don't want to do it on uh, uh, a pet that's pregnant and you typically don't want to do it on a puppy just because both those situations there's a lot of natural growth going on and you kind of don't want to risk that growth going awry um, by stimulating the body. So those are the three big ones that, that, that come up a lot, which is cancer, um, pregnancy, and a, a young puppy for, uh, and, for treating. And, and typically they would tell you, although, although the Medco laser there is safe for this, we would tell you never shine it in your eye. Um, but the, right. the unusual thing or the gray thing about this, about your product is it is safe for yeah. use around the eye. So, so yeah. So uh, yeah, I didn't get to the safe part. So I, there's two kinds of safe. One is, is it safe on your eyes? And two is, it, is it safe? Um, like what if you were to, 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 over treat by 30 seconds every, you, you know, how bad is that? And so the, the first part is we designed our device um, so that it can be used at home without goggles, because we know that uh, pet owners are terrified of hurting their pets and even themselves by shining something in their eye. People hear lasers can, can cut through steel and they're just, it's just terrifying. And so the first thing we did is we, we, we submitted to the FDA that our device is eye safe without goggles. The second piece is, um, like, what's the equivalent of taking, like, how much uh, Advil do you have to take before it's really bad for you? So in our case, typically, um, if you do about 10 times the dosage that we recommend, then it'll start to inhibit healing rather than help healing. Mm. But, you have to really, but you have to really be putting it about 10 to 15 minutes per spot. And it's very tough in many cases to get a dog to sit down that long. The, the only thing I'll say is um, a lot of times the doses, dosages that we choose yield best outcomes because people say, hey, listen, if I can give them one pill, they'll get better. Oh, if I give them two pills, they'll get better faster. And yeah. That's my mother. Are, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's she, everybody's she, mother. Yeah. She was telling me the other day that she had she, she didn't know what she did. She woke up with some jaw pain and, and I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, is it her heart? But fortunately it wasn't. But I, I said, mom, you know, First of all, she says, I took aspirin. I said, mom, you, you shouldn't take aspirin because you're on heart medications. And, and, right. you know, that, and then she's like, no, no, I didn't mean aspirin. I meant, um, you know, and it turned out it was Tylenol. But instead of taking what was on the bottle, she took twice as much. And then she was wondering why she felt goofy. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if it was psychological or, or what, but yeah. Yeah, she took like four Tylenol when she was She's supposed gonna to get a belly ache, Chris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yes, yes, that's a lot of people have that mentality of you know if this is good, more is better. And, right, right. And that's part of where a clinician comes into play. A, a, a clinician can say, "Well, how long did you treat?" And if if they're honest, then they'll say, "Like I totally get that you think double is double the the value." But when you, but once you have a clinician involved, they can really educate and guide the pet owner so that they're really doing a good job. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what makes your device different. We've kind of alluded to some things in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, eye safety, that it's uh, used at home, that you involve the clinician um, and so forth. What are some other features that, that are unique to the MedcoVet Luma? So, yeah, so the idea behind MedcoVet is the most important thing is we treat at home. And how we got here is we realized that uh, vet clinics all over the country are using clinical laser therapy where the pet owner goes into the clinic and the, the clinician administers the treatment and the outcomes are great. What we realized is, is a couple things can be made better. And in doing so, everybody's actually happier. 
So on one hand, to really get good outcomes, just like Kathy was saying, it, it helps a lot if you're treating regularly. And it's really hard if you have an older dog or if you live far away from, from the clinic, mm -hmm. it's really hard to get into the clinic three times a week, four times a week. And so you're really leaving a lot of efficacy on the, ta uh, you know, on the table if you're not treating very often. And it's also you know, pretty inconvenient for a pet owner and a little bit destabilizing for, for a pet to be put in a car and to go to the clinic. They don't, many times they don't associate the clinic with really fun things. So the first thing we wanted to do was create an environment where the pet owner, it's more convenient for the pet owner. It's much easier for the, for the pet. And uh, it, it, life is better for the pet owner and the, and the, and the pet. On the other hand, when we talk, when we talk to uh, clinicians, they would much rather uh, spend that time if they, if they can teach the pet owner to do it, they would much rather spend that time doing things that a pet owner could never do, like surgery or underwater treadmill or things like that. Mm -hmm. So the thing about us is we offer this modality as a service, meaning if a, if a vet needs this, they just prescribe it. It shows up at the pet owner's door. The vet doesn't have to do anything but the medicine part, which is what they went to school for. And so the idea behind MedcoVet is we make it better for the pet, we make it better for the pet owner, and then we even make it better for the clinician so that everybody's happier and we get better outcomes. Yeah, right away when, um, you know, I, I said I, we met about two and a half years ago and, and I thought, wow, this is a great augmentation to what I've been doing in the clinic for, for over a decade because I knew intuitively that it would be better for the pet to come in several times a week for the laser. But at best, I was getting them in there one to two times a week due to costs, due to logistics, due mm -hmm. to, you know, people have to work, you know, to, to support right. their pet's habits. And, um, you know, so it was difficult. And, and, and as you said, many were coming from a long ways away, fighting traffic and, you know, rush hour and all of that. And so I immediately thought this is going to be fantastic and uh and i i've continued to to use the the luma sense um and but i want to mention that that we asked alone to be on here he didn't ask us to be on here but mm. uh yeah we just because kathy and i both use laser for a long time and see the value in this well i'm beyond happy to be here so thanks for having me Alone, I noticed that when I use the MedCovet laser, it has some weight to it. What, why is that? Is there a purpose for that? So that's a great question. Um, when we designed our device, one of the most important things we did was get feedback from the field, from clinicians, and also look at the research and partner with people who know as much as there is to possibly know about what things about a device will actually get the best outcomes. And we looked across many things. We looked across what, what, what kind of light, like what color light, infrared, red, uh, how much power. Um, and one of the things that kept coming up over and over again, which we noticed that a lot of people weren't doing, is that pressure, a little bit of pressure and contact with the skin yields much better results. And we did tests where we put our hand over a sensor and we press down to see how much light makes it through. It turns out that just about the amount of pressure that it takes to push an elevator button actually yields a lot better results and feels fine for the pet. That was the right, uh, that was the right mix. Yeah. And so our device, has, our device has kind of the weight that when you're just resting it and maybe pressing it slightly, you're getting that contact and you're getting that pressure that, that gets penetration, but also doesn't impact the dog. I'm going to think about that every time I push an elevator button. That's this right. Is exactly, <laughs> this is exactly how much pressure a MedCovet laser is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and your device also uses a comb, right, to get to the skin? Yeah. yeah. So, so the idea behind that is um, we, we, we read some research, and they said somewhere between 80 to 100% of the light gets either absorbed or reflected by fur. And if you think about it, if you're shining a light, let's say you're two inches away from, from the fur uh, and you're shining a light on it, not that much is actually going to make it into the target tissue if 
the fur is if the light is bouncing off the fur or or being absorbed and warming up the fur and so what we realize is we need a way to transfer all the light from the output of our device into the skin and we built what we call and patented an optical comb and the idea behind that is you could either shave the the patient every time and get to the skin directly or you can make something that gets through the fur and actually delivers the light to the tissue and as a result our treatment times for our specific device are shorter than if we were just to shine the light through the fur because so much more light is making it into the skin. Now, what if owners are treating an open wound at home? So they're treating a, a bed sore, you know, a decubital mm-hmm. ulcer. Um, and we don't necessarily want to make uh, contact with that skin, at least not yet until that skin, you know, starts to heal. Do you, do you, are we able to use it as a standoff? Can we stand? Is there an adaptation to it that we can use that's close to the skin but not touching the skin? Yeah. So for things like that, um, for, for a wound, penetration is not as important because a lot of what you have is surface level mm. and a lot of where you want the light to be. So we're not as worried about pressure and skin contact for a wound. And as a result, we add in the, in the, the case that you get, there's something called a spacer, which just enables you to put the device on. It's like a little donut that sits on the top of the device that allows you to have a little bit of space so you can still rest the device on this on the skin and then and then treat and the light can go on the skin without actually touching nice. the, the skin itself. Cool. I was thinking about your comment alone where you said uh, you know we could either shave the the pet to apply the laser and I think about all the different spots on on just one individual that I potentially lasered they would be like a patchwork of these (laughs) these bald spots so I love the fact that that there's there's actually a comb I think that that was one of the real aha moments for me as well because I always knew that it was a very imperative to get to the skin and you know I would try to part that fur and so forth but it was difficult to get that that probe or wand, you know, there, you know, uh, some dogs have such thick coats and, and undercoats that it was nearly impossible. So uh, I feel very, very good about using the comb to, to get where it needs to be. Alone, I'm, I'm always interested in not only what animals experience um, on an emotional level, but what they might experience on a physical level, like when I'm treating them, what does massage feel like? What does range of motion feel like? What does laser feel like? And I, I'm wondering, do you have any sense for what the animal may feel? Is there any sensation to them? Heat, uh, tingling, pain, um, anything that's that might be not tolerated? Um, can you speak for that? So, so yeah, it's, it's always tough. I, I agree with you. It's tough to know what, what somebody, what an animal feels because they won't tell you and you kind of had to intuit. So I use two things to tri- to figure it out. One, when, when speaking to humans about what they feel, the majority of people either feel nothing, a slight tingling sensation, or sometimes the device itself gets a little warm. And so you feel a little bit of, a little bit of warmth on your skin. So that's the entirety of it. It's not meant to be painful or overwhelming in any way, shape, or form. So, sorry, go ahead. I actually have patients who will oftentimes uh, lean into it. They'll lean into Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. probe. And so I I imagine, I can only imagine at that point, that perhaps it does feel good to them because they're sort of, you know, like, okay, yeah, let's, can you get in here? Can you get in there? Um, And I've tried it on myself because I like to try, (laughs) I like to try all those things. So I've done, you know, I've done the uh, the laser, I've done ultrasound, and I've even used in the neurostim just to see what it feels like to get a sensation. And for me, sometimes I get a little bit of a warming sensation. It's not uncomfortable. Exactly. So so that's that's what we imagine that they feel. And we've had that situation too where uh, I think the, 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 the animal either associates the, the treatment with time with the owner or feeling better because of the treatment itself. So when they see the box – the animal comes running. It's like, oh, it's 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 time for that awesome thing where where mm-hmm. you know, my, you know, the, the pet parent is paying tons of attention to me, and I and I can run afterwards. So and they, I get cookies. I get cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like this, this is the best. That, I love that box. That box is magic. Right, right, and and definitely, uh, you know, I I encourage 
the pet owners to feel it as well, whether it was in the clinic, if they were, you know, somewhat trepidatious about what it may be, quote, doing to their pet and what they may be feeling. So I'd say, hold out your hand. Let me, you know, shine it on your hand. And, you know, same thing with, with you know, various modalities. I think that, that that can be helpful, you know, so that we know what we're doing with our pets and such. And this is certainly, uh, as we discussed earlier, less dangerous and less noxious than a lot of the the modalities that we've used in the past. You mentioned the neuromuscular stem, Kathy, and that so didn't that didn't feel good. That didn't feel good. so uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. And and you can't explain, you know, to a pet, you know, like oh, so you're going to feel like this tingling, and then it's going to become painful, and you're going to want to jump off the table, but. Then we'll back it down, and, and a, you know, when you tell it. us to stop, we'll stop. Well, they can't, you know, they can't do that, and and so forth. So, so alone, can laser easily be integrated and incorporated with other modalities and treatments that that we tend to use to make our pets feel better with arthritis and such? I'm thinking, you know, particularly of like chiropractic treatments and acupuncture and and the other things that that Kathy and I may do in terms of rehabilitation. So the, the short answer is absolutely. Th things like acupuncture and chiropractic are typically done in the clinic. And many cases, laser therapy is, is something that extends treatment beyond the clinical, um, beyond clinical treatment. So uh, what I'll say is that it's very, very patient dependent. What I would do is try to add it. And what, what people typically see is that between visits, the, the, the pet is just, the animal is just so much happier and much more uh, active. So I, I would mostly recommend that you try it at, at home and see if it helps. Many times it, it helps tremendously. So it, does, it can be integrated very easily. And so you're suggesting that maybe um, kind of maintaining the benefits of, of what, are do what is done in the clinic in terms of hands-on exercise, mm -hmm. hydrotherapy, if, if the laser is done as well, or certainly at home in the case of the MedCovet Luma, that, that that can be extended or maintained between appointments in the clinic. Sure. The, the it just, yeah. Positivity. It just improves, yeah. It improves the quality of life between visits. Awesome. Absolutely. And finally, I know we, we talked a little bit before about, um, you know, consulting with experts and so on. What is some of the history of, of laser? And can you tell us a little bit about um, WALT? I think that stands for the World Association of Laser Therapy. And, and again, where they've come into play in this whole use of light therapy for healing. Okay, so let me give you a brief history and then I'll tell you how WALT kind of came into the picture. So the first laser actually was made around 1960. And when people started using lasers, they said, hey, we can start using these for all kinds of medical situations. And so one, and around 1960, what people were doing is they were just saying, hey, we have this new cool thing. What can it do? And so somebody did some experiments and they said, oh, you know what? High-powered lasers can cause cancer. And they're like, oh, hey, great. So this one guy, the guy who was supposed to be the founder of, of, of laser therapy, he said, well, what happens if I used low power laser on mice? Could I, could I recreate the, the results of high powered laser just running it for much longer? And so he, he took some mice and he tried to put light on them. And what happened instead of, of, of killing the mice, the, the, the mice grew hair. And that was the first time where he's like, hmm. There's some type of stimulative effect rather than a destructive effect of light. What people did is take lasers and say, hey, how can we learn as much as we possibly can by doing research studies? And the problem was is the quality of the research studies wasn't very good. People were trying all kinds of things. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. When they, when they reported their research, many times they didn't uh, report the parameters of the device. And as a result, the quality of the research wasn't super good. And so World Association of Laser Therapy said, hey, our job is to make it so that we know when light helps and when it doesn't help. What are the, what are the most optimal ways that light can help? And they combed through all the research and they started creating guidelines for treating humans, 
And most recently, they started creating guidelines for treating pets. And so the idea there is they looked at research and said, using these parameters, you should have about an 80% chance of getting good outcomes. And then you got to tailor it for the specific animal. And as a result, the, like laser therapy has gone from this cool lab experiment to something that you can actually use in the clinic. And the Medcovet Luma meets all of those WALT guidelines. That, that is also true. Like, and, and to be fair, those guidelines were created by people who have many, 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 many years of experience. And before those guidelines came out, I was already talking to those people. So to be honest, it wasn't surprising that we met those guidelines because we had been partnering with people who were the most experienced even before those guidelines came out. So bottom line, let's sum it up. Mm -hmm. I think we've given a lot of information about laser. Thank you for your great tutorial and how it can help our pets. What is the one thing that you want to leave our listening audience with? If you had one bit of of advice or or something to to say about laser therapy, what would that be? So laser therapy is a fantastic modality. If it's being managed by somebody who knows what it's doing and and if it's being administered in a way that that enables multiple treatments per week. And that's why we think home laser therapy with the advice of a clinician will yield the best possible outcomes. Agreed. Thank you, Alone. And I want to, um, I want to thank you for this product because the the main reason I went into becoming a, a rehab technician or focusing on specializing in rehab is because I believe that by increasing a dog's or a pet's, any animal's function, we increase their quality of life. And by able, and by me being able to have some of these modalities um, or therapies done at home just makes my treatment plan so much better and more effective to be able to, to maintain these patients in their home, being between therapy patients. And it makes my job so much easier and it makes my patients so much more comfortable. So thank you for that. My, my pleasure. And, and thanks to both of you for having me on the podcast. So, Alone, where can people find you? So, if you want to learn more about MedcoVet and what we're doing, just visit MedcoVet.com, M-E-D-C-O-V-E-T.com. And veterinarians can visit that site as well, if, should they mm-hmm. want to partner with MedcoVet as well. All right. Well, yeah, and, and the way it works is if you're interested as a, as a veterinarian, we'll send you a, a demo unit for free. If you like it, you keep the unit, and, and life is good for you. Wonderful. Thank you. And we'll include that link in our show notes as well. So once again, Alone, thank you so much for your time. Learned a ton, and we'll have you back again someday. Sounds great. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Take care. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at Petability Podcast. For more information about Kathy's books and living with blind dogs, please go to EnableYourPet.com. Thank you, and please tune in next time.